the first, second, third, fourth, fifth Sundays of Lent, Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth Sundays of Easter, Ascension, Pentecost, the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity, and finally today, Corpus Christi Sunday. From about the beginning of March until now, for three and a half months, we've had a pretty good run. I'm not sure what I'm going to preach on next week. I'm running out of stuff. But we do come to the end of this three and a half months where we celebrated the two great liturgical seasons of Lent and Easter, and also celebrating the several of the central teachings of our Catholic faith, namely the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, and now today, the Eucharist. And so the church offers us these feast days to really dive down and reflect and to consider what these various teachings mean, not just kind of in an intellectual way, but hopefully in a heartfelt way. You know, this feast day of Corpus Christi has some very inspiring and interesting roots. It goes all the way back to the 13th century. The year was 1263. A priest by the name of Peter of Prague was traveling on pilgrimage from Central Europe, his home, to Rome, as many pilgrims still do today. And as he was traveling from Central Europe to Rome, he would stop at various places to celebrate Mass with those he was traveling with on pilgrimage. He came to the small Italian city of Balsena, Italy, just a few kilometers outside of Rome. And it's worth noting that at the time, Peter of Prague, a Catholic priest, was entertaining various serious doubts regarding the church's ancient teaching of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And as he celebrated Mass and said the words of consecration, take this, all of you, and eat of it, he held up the newly consecrated host in a very miraculous way the host started to bleed. Blood came forth from the host and down his hands and onto the corporal, the square white linen cloth that we still use at Mass today to collect the various particles sometimes when we're getting ready for Holy Communion. Now, as you might imagine, Peter of Prague was not only stunned by this happening, he was also a bit embarrassed. So he decided, I need to tell the Pope. When things like that happen, I guess you tell the Pope. The Pope at the time was in Orvieto, Italy, another Italian village. So Peter of Prague went and found the Pope, confessed his sin of unbelief, asked for forgiveness. And the Pope was very intrigued, like many of you might be, regarding the authenticity of this alleged Eucharistic miracle. So the Holy Father sent a delegation of people of science and medicine, theologians, to investigate, is this Eucharistic miracle authentic? And they went back to Balsena, interviewed people that were there, came back to the Pope, and informed him, yes, this was truly a Eucharistic miracle. The Holy Father immediately 
declared a new feast day in the life of the church. The feast of Corpus Christi, the feast of the body of Christ that we still celebrate nearly 800 years later. Also at the time, the Holy Father, in instituting this new feast day, asked a young Dominican friar to write a series of prayers and hymns and songs in honor of Corpus Christi. That young Dominican's name was Thomas Aquinas, one of the greatest theologians in the history of the Catholic Church. Now, I mention all that rather historical details, not just to bore you on this beautiful Sunday night, but I mention it because it's worth reflecting on this point. Just like Peter of Prague, that priest who celebrated this Eucharistic miracle, just like Thomas Aquinas, we know that the Eucharist is not just a symbol. We know that it's not just a piece of common bread or a chalice of common wine. We know that it's truly, really, substantially Christ the Lord, that he is present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Thomas Aquinas also referred to the Eucharist as food for the journey. Food for the journey. And so we've always used that analogy that the Eucharist is spiritual food. So I want us to imagine for a moment what our life would look like, what our bodies would look like, what our health would look like if we just quit eating. If we just stop eating, our health would fail quickly. We would get sick. Imagine if we quit eating the Eucharist. In a similar way, our spiritual health begins to fail very, very quickly. Everyone, we need the Eucharist. We need Sunday Mass. We need to be here. Why? Because without it, our spiritual health quickly declines. And we fail to thrive as God desires us to do so. So I want to make sure that all of us continue to never discredit the sacrifices, the efforts that we make by gathering around the altar of the Lord week after week. Oh, it can be a pain sometimes, right? It's much easier to say, let's put it off. But never discredit it. Because without the Eucharist, our spiritual health fails. The last thing I want to mention is this, regarding this Eucharistic miracle. Our faith as Catholics in the Eucharist, our faith as Catholics in the Eucharist of the body and blood of Jesus, truly present, is not based on Eucharistic miracles. It's not. Our faith that the Eucharist is truly the body and blood of Christ is not based on any miracle. Our faith is based on the words of Jesus himself. When he said, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have my life within you. Jesus wants to feed us where we need him most. May we continue to celebrate this great mystery. May we continue to allow Christ to feed us and to bring us to greater 
and greater holiness of life.